It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay, we're all in take five. Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Coldest morning of the fall so far. Temperatures in the mid-40s to start out the morning. And we're still sitting at 45 degrees, Ron. We will climb to about 77 today. About as good as it can get as far as the weather goes. On a beautiful Tuesday, 17 October, talking all things Rangers-Astros. Astros Astros in big trouble. Rangers outplaying them right now. Two wins at Minute Maid Park. A lot of bad at-bats for the Astros yesterday, I felt Mm. like. And the Rangers took great at-bats on uh, Framber Valdez to start the game. Came in with a plan and executed it, and Framber Valdez kind of played right into it. Uh, his first inning struggles continue. You kind of know if you face Framber, if you let him get through the first inning, he typically settles in and becomes really tough for six or seven innings. Last yesterday, the Rangers ambushed him, went after some early pitches, didn't let him get deep into counts, and he knew. And the Astros, meanwhile, I, I look. This is nothing against uh, Nathan Avaldi because he's an All Star and he's been a great pitcher for them this year. But boy, they were swinging a lot of bad pitches, and I know he's got a splitter. And he can throw in the high 90s, and then he can throw that split finger at 90 miles an hour, and he's also got the breaking stuff. He's a really tough pitcher, but, man, just so all too often in clutch moments, the Astros were swinging at balls that were not strikes. I mean, and, you know, not disciplined enough to uh, to wait on a pitch in the in – the, in the, except for Alvarez mm, uh, and mm, Brantley. Mm. I thought Michael Brantley and Jordan Alvarez are the only two guys really taking good at bats in that Astros order. Meanwhile, up and down the Ranger order, it feels like those guys were – Pretty locked in yesterday. They're just playing clutch baseball. They are. They're, they're right now playing um, better clutch baseball in those such critical situations than the Astros are. That's what the playoffs are all about. Yep, moments. That's why everything is amplified and magnified. <laughs> exactly. Yep. yep, and the Rangers took advantage of theirs. And that's the thing about baseball, right? A lot of times in a football game or basketball, things come down to the last few minutes. I mean, the, the big inning can happen anytime in baseball, right? Mm-hmm. And you get four on the board in the first inning. That's 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 crushing to a to an opponent that takes the crowd out of it, and um, that was big. But then the Astros had their moment in the fifth inning and didn't seize the opportunity. Uh, they loaded the bases with nobody out, and um, you know get right back in that game, take the lead even with a big swing, and uh, didn't happen. Didn't happen. Altuve uh, looks extra small when he's not playing well. He does. Well, that's that's how too. That you know what? Watching him his whole career, I mean, extra small. Well, he does. He he, he he's a free like swinger. That. We know that he went over five yesterday. He struck out with the bases juiced. But if you're an Astros fan, the lifelong I am, you couldn't have asked for anything more to have him up with one out and the bases loaded in a, in a game because mm-hmm. you've seen it so many times in the postseason that he comes up clutch in that moment. And let's be fair. If you look at his career numbers against Nathan Ivaldi, he's been great. And that was the whole thing about this Astros game. They're up and down their order. They had feasted on Nathan Avaldi, whether mm-hmm. he was in Boston or in Texas. Uh, but he got the better of him yesterday. Struck out nine. They got the Astros to swing at his pitches and come out of their, you know, come off 
you know, their their strike zone all too often. And he only made a couple bad pitches, both to Alvarez, and he hit him to the moon. But um, that's kind of the way that goes. Michael Brantley had a nice game, too, I thought. But, yeah, Chaz McCormick was – because, remember, Ranger fans know this. Chaz McCormick has been the Ranger killer this year. I mean, Chaz mm-hmm. McCormick, not a big star, but he has just killed the Showed Rangers up. this season. But yeah. he didn't yesterday. He was swinging at balls in the dirt, too. That, that splitter, he clearly wasn't seeing it very well. Uh, Alex Bregman, I thought, took some bad at-bats, too, but he hit the big home run. But all three of those guys. I mean, to go through Yiner Diaz, who's going to be a candidate for Rookie of the Year this year. He's not going to win it, but he's been a, been a good hitter, but also a free swinger. And then Altuve and Bregman in that fifth inning. That was really the critical moment of that baseball game yesterday, uh, for sure. But uh, props to the Rangers, 2-0. I'm not, I'm not conceding, yeah, Ron. Like I'm not waving the white I, flag. I've already looked up. Uh, thanks to my man CB. Shout out to CB who sent it to me. Uh, MLBshop.com. And, yes, the uh, Rangers Lucha Libre Mass. Not ordering it yet, but I do have it saved In on your the phone. Queue. It is bookmarked and ready to roll as soon as the Rangers win that yeah, third game. If, if, if Ty, they win two more, it. I'm going to have to wear yeah. a full Ranger uniform. I black included and Ooh. batting gloves, cleats. Oh, For the entirety man. of the show, Rod. Oh, I know. I got to wear the Lucha Libre. I'm going to be sweating in that thing, dude. <laughs> I'm wearing a whole Lucha Libre mask for five hours. I'm going to be sweating in that thing. You be able to talk all right? I hope so. I don't even know. Ties, I, didn't, I didn't think it through, E. I didn't think I'd be here. So I didn't, honestly, I didn't think the bet through. I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. I'll wear whatever during the show. And now I got to think about, damn, am I going to be able to breathe? Well, wearing this Lucha Libre mask for five hours during the show. I have a lot of side bets for the series that are about to come home. Oh, feeling good. I like when you get really confident. Ty. He that's, is, when, that's when I start to feel good. He was confident well, yesterday, too? I was too? confident yesterday. He was confident yesterday. Out. He was cocky yesterday. I thought mm. it would blow up in his face. It did not. We're, Astros are going where they like it, on the road, out <sighs> where they get to be the villains. This says, guys, Omni Pasta Bar is the best. Yeah. I worked at Calcasieu Lumber down the street. I brought and went twice a week. That's my man. Hey, I'm telling you. It is my dad there, probably. It, it's legit. I'm telling you, man. That's where your dad worked, Calcasieu? Well, it's been renamed a few times since then, but yes, he's worked for that company for my entire life. Oh, says, wow. uh, love that pasta bar. Loved washing it down with three scoops from the ice cream bar, too, the <laughs> night before games. Yeah. As a walk-on, I didn't have to worry about eating too much, <laughs> affecting my performance. Great point. That is, uh, that's a good point about that. True that. Yeah. All right, let's oh. get to the other headlines, the trending topics on this busy Tuesday morning. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top stories. We'll start in the NFL. Huge bounce-back win for those Dallas Cowboys last night on Monday Night Football. Wasn't the prettiest of games, but the Cowboys will take the W. Following their terrible performance in primetime in San Francisco last Sunday, Dallas was down the coast in L.A. and rallied for a 20-17 win over the Chargers. And it really was Dak Prescott who stepped up and played his best game of the season. Threw for 272 yards, threw a big second-half touchdown to Brandon Cooks. Also led the team in rushing with 40 yards. Threw an 18-yard touchdown run in the first quarter. Most importantly, did not turn the football over. Dallas defense held L.A. to 272 total yards. Stephon Gilmore picked off Justin Herbert late in the fourth quarter to preserve the victory. Cowboys improved to 4-2. College football, Longhorns come out of their bye week now, sitting at 5-1. Eighth-ranked Longhorns traveled to Houston Saturday for their first meeting with the Houston Cougars in more than 20 years. Yesterday, Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian provided a pretty promising injury update for his team. Guys, practice today okay so I, I think that's probably the the first part that's really positive where you know last week we really limited a lot of guys you know we limited you know Jake to, to all about nothing we limited JT to all about nothing we limited Ryan to all about nothing we really wanted to try to get them healthy today we came back everybody practiced um, probably the most limited of the group was Cole Hudson uh, but they all practice. Now, as the week goes on, I'm going to have to make that decision later in the week of who is really ready to play. I, I don't think, to be fair to them, that's probably, you know, 
to give them that chance to really practice on Tuesday and Wednesday uh, in our physical practices to see, to make sure that they're in position to perform and, and to do it at a high level. But I was encouraged today that they were all out there going. Um, but again, as the week goes on, I'll, I'll have a probably a very cleaner update of who's really going to be available Saturday. But uh, today was a really, really good sign. We'll keep you posted as the week goes on. Longhorns play Houston at 3 o'clock on Saturday afternoon. Major League Baseball, we mentioned the Rangers have taken a 2-0 lead in that best-of-seven All-Texas American League Championship Series. Did it with a 5-4 win yesterday. Posted all their runs in the first three innings. Four in the first inning with five singles and took advantage of a Framber Valdez throwing error. Then a home run from Jonah Heim, a solo shot in the third. And then they held on. Astros clawed back uh, and, as we said, left the bases loaded with nobody out in the fifth inning. Couldn't score a single run. And the Rangers now shift back to Arlington for Game 3 on Wednesday night. Game 1 of the NLCS goes to the Phillies. They defend home field again, approved to 5-0 on their home field in this postseason. They beat the Arizona Diamondbacks 5-3. Kyle Schwarber, Bryce Harper, and Nick Castellanos all win deep. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero-turn mowers this month. Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to this, um, paying off this bet. Not gonna lie to you. I'm losing hope here. E, I think it's done. 90%, uh, 90% of the teams that go up 2-0 in the series, in the 2-3-2 format, they go into winning. We don't know how the end's gonna look, but the end, the fat lady is warming up. She's she's not done with her chicken wings yet. So. <laughs> she's still at the pasta she's bar. Still, yeah, she's at the pasta bar, but uh, she's <laughs> but getting ready to finish. She's on she like is. a third plate, and she's like, "Oh, oh, we're done here." So, yeah, someone says, "Yes, gloves and eye paint for you." I yeah. wore the eye black. Yeah, I always wondered that. Tom Brady always wore the eye black. I think that was just a thing. You know what <gasps> oh, I'm saying? You know what? Even at night. Ooh, yeah, yeah. The eye black. I don't. Know, I still don't know. Really, I don't think it worked. I, it didn't work for me. I don't. I don't know the purpose of it. It's supposed to keep the reflection of yeah, the sun. Yeah, the glare right? off your cheeks. I think it's just for a show. It looks cool. Tom Brady was for show, for sure. <laughs> You're right? Because some guys yeah. would have it under one eye. I'm like, what? What the hell does that help? What eye? What about the other eye? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you're playing outfield with a high sun, it can help for sure. But uh, yeah, it's for show. It's for show. Now people do it look like war paint. Some of those guys uh, in I, football. I, I'm gonna renege on something, Ty. I do believe I said if the Rangers swept the Astros. That I might come in here in full like wrestling tights as well. Not happening. Just so you know, in case you're thinking about that. Nope. I'm welching. I, I didn't I was throwing it out there just as fodder. I didn't know that would actually be something that's a possibility. So no, I can't wear wrestling tights. So I'm just gonna wear the Lucha Libre mask. I will say yeah. that um mm-hmm. Uh, here, here's the thing. Here's where I'm a confident. I know the Astros can play on the road, and I know the Rangers have been the streakiest team in baseball all year. So at some point this streak's gonna end. And when it does, they typically go from really good to then really bad. So, uh, you know, we still got a chance. As long as we're alive, Rod, we got a chance for the Rangers to to slip back the other way. That's true. And no better way to do it than going into Globe Life Field where they they play very well. They're confident in that building. Uh, Rangers, you know, the Astros have really owned them on their home field for, for the most part over the last, uh, since that ballpark opened. So we'll see. It doesn't see. matter right. now, though. It's a, it's a whole new season. It's a whole new season. I get it. But this game. is the Astros season. This is where they've dominated the last six years. doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, have they not dominated the Rangers in Houston as well? No. No, not really, actually. You, we just told you. They're 40 and 45 at home this year. They're not a good home team. Still, they still beat the Rangers at home this year multiple couple times. A couple times. So they, they, uh, it's pretty even. I'll look at it. But, no, I, look, I, again, obviously the Rangers have put themselves in a great spot. They, they have two more wins to get. Astros need four. 
But that's why we'll play the games. No white flag over here, Rod. All right. I just say no they, concession. They're, they are streaking. And they're like, like streaking like Frank the Tank right now. So we'll see mm, if it slows down a little bit. Uh, and Max Scherzer gets the ball. and Exactly. Know, that can be really good or really bad. And Astros go with Christian Javier, who's also been up and down this year. Um, yeah, like, I mean, it's, 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 you just said 90%. But as long as there's 10% and you got a clutch Astros team that can rise up, I'm feeling okay. Uh, but Not feeling good, but feeling not out of it. That's true. But the Rangers, I will give them credit, though. They are the hottest team right now in the playoffs. They've only trailed at the end of only one full inning in the entire postseason. That's the fewest through the first seven games of a single postseason. Longest win streak to start a postseason is the Royals with eight. The Rangers right now are at seven. They're right behind them. Well, And, and it only, as we said, on the, on the clock, the game, th- the game time was, was uh, 340 yesterday. By 344, it was two to nothing. And that's how quickly the Rangers jumped on Framber Valdez and uh, two back-to-back singles with uh, Simeon and Seager, and then the error on the <laughs> on the swinging bunt. Yeah, essentially. I mean, they Ugh. got uh, and you know Framber. Come on, man. Uh, bad you know, Framby. That was bad Framber, and the Rangers took advantage of it, knowing that he's typically a little bit up in that first inning, and they jumped all over it. Props to them. But let's hear Bruce Bochy. The critical moment, as we mentioned, was the fifth inning. Astros loaded the bases, and they were at the bottom of the order. But they pinch hit for Martin Maldonado. Went with Yiner Diaz. Strikeout, strikeout of Altuve, and then a ground out of Bregman. Here is uh, the the skipper, Bruce Boju, who is uh, really guiding with a firm hand right now. We made an error, bases loaded, and it's about picking each other up. And he picked us up there and just made some great pitches. And then that was a turning point in the game. Bases loaded, nobody out there in the fifth. And found a way to get through it, and uh, terrific job by him. Terrific job, it really was, and he 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 took the Astros. He got he got the the good fortune, I think, of facing well facing Altuve in a big spot's never good fortune, but the way Altuve is flailing right now, uh, mm-hmm. he he was going to chase, and he if you go back and watch those at bats to Diaz and 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 uh, and Altuve, he didn't throw a strike, he really didn't, he didn't throw the ball in the box. And the Astros got themselves out, uh, swinging at pitches that were you know, diving. And then when you face Bregman, mm-hmm. you know you have to come in because he's not going to swing at balls. And he threw a great pitch and got him to ground out in that spot. All right, there's some baseball. we got football in the brain with the Cowboys and a big bounce-back win. The Longhorns getting ready for Houston. Let's, uh, uh, we'll go behind the burn orange curtain at the bottom of the hour, Rod, and get your thoughts on, uh, on Sark. Oh, yeah. But, but good, good news there with Sark. That, great news. I don't, I'm shocked, actually. Yeah, you didn't hear it. He said everybody, everybody practiced. That was surprising. And that really... The surprise comes that you know last week we saw the report from Horns twenty four seven that it was a six to eight week injury for Jake Majors high ankle sprain potentially. Yet he was practicing. Which yes, he practiced. So and, that and Ryan Watts must have practiced because he said everybody. Uh, so the assumption is Ryan Watts is a part of that too. Yeah, and he's had Jalen Catalan. Jalen Catalan, yeah, it's a great point. I forgot he left the game as well. Yeah, so so we'll get to that coming up. We'll hear more from Sark <laughs> talking about the uh, bye week and and when, how they went to work on things. But as for the Cowboys last night, Rod, I mean, I don't want to say season saver, but you know, I know there's still a lot of work to do, and that wasn't a pretty win, without a doubt. I mean, nope. that was ugly, but boy, you take that on the road, you beat a team that uh, you, you were favored against. But but to sit on that win throughout the offseason throughout the bye week instead of another loss is huge for them, and that was a mental game for me. Could they could they put the 49ers game behind them? And as you said, Dak, I like the way you put this. Dak Prescott's kind of a rubber band guy. He's a bounce back guy. He is. If he plays a really bad game, he typically bounces back with a good game. And mm-hmm. last night he was the reason they won the game. Yep. He was the you know the 49ers game was a wholesale collapse. Like he didn't play good. Nobody played good. The coaching staff was terrible. Uh, this game. There was still a lot of issues with 11 penalties and no running game to speak of, uh, and it was Dak Prescott. 
that um, you know was the the key figure in there winning that game. They had to go win that game. That game right? Yeah. Like, it wasn't the defense and non-offensive touchdowns and they didn't blow a team out. Uh, they had to go win the game on the road. Um, and dating back to the, the basically the start of 2021, Dallas is 10-1 in weeks following the loss. Um, that's, a, that's over 90% win percentage. That is the highest winning percentage among NFL teams in weeks following a loss in that time span. And that is – I think a part of that is Dak. I think Dak is really – he's the leader of the team. I think he he's – First of all, he's probably one of the reasons right, that they lose because maybe he underachieves or has a bad game or whatever. Um, but he bounces back really well. Here are his six uh, passer rating performances after a loss, um, in, a, in a game after a loss. 113.2, 139.3, 124.3, 143.3, 108.5, and 109.3, which he was last night. He's really good following the loss. That means he handles adversity really well. You like that part of Dak's game. That was, that's part of the immeasurables and the leadership skill. We like all that, the grit, the fortitude from Dak. Uh, what people want to see more of Dak, more from of Dak is better decision-making. And what we saw last night, though, his ability when – because you need at times players to save the play caller. You do. Because the play there's a there's actually a video and I, I'll try to retweet it video of Mike McCarthy telling Dak Prescott when he's coming back to the sideline, hey back that was a bad call. He you can see his mouth saying, Hey man, that was a bad call. And I've heard my man Shannon talk about this, Kyle Shanahan say, Yeah, sometimes I need the player to bail me out. Yeah, the bad I, call. I, I, I had a bad call, man. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't necessarily see everything, all right? And the coaches, they aren't infallible. Sometimes they make a bad call. You need the players to bail you out. I'm not saying Mike McCarthy's making a lot of bad calls, but I don't like the offense. I don't like the construction of the offense. I don't know what the identity of the Texas Coast offense is. They don't really have a running game. And Dak needed to bail that offense out last night versus the Chargers. By the way, a true slump buster, the worst passing defense in the NFL. And that's exactly what you saw Dak do. That's what you your quarterback. It ain't, it ain't always pretty. All right. Sometimes it got to be ugly, but you got to get the dub, man. Got to get the dub. And and look, how about this? Just like we talk about the Longhorns, the Cowboys have had red zone issues massively yes, this have. year. Yep. And how about in the first quarter? They're down seven nothing. They're at the eighteen yard line, and uh, uh, only twice this year has Dak run the ball uh, in eighty five attempts in the red zone. And here it was. This was uh, from eighteen yards out. The first uh, tendency breaker for the Dallas Cowboys. Go for it. That was on a fourth and one, Rod. Fourth and one play. What are they going to do? And it's Dak Prescott uh, off the right side. And the Chargers didn't expect it. I mean, Derwin James was standing there, but he's like, he's not going to run. Because Dak doesn't run. Well, Why would you expect there he it? went. Yeah, exactly, right? And you know, Derwin Kelly, James let him run right by him. You know, Kellen Moore knows Dak better than anybody. He probably told him, hey, don't worry about Dak running. That's definitely not a concern. And so in big games, to win big games, what I always say, you got to find a way to break tendency. That's a great way for the Cowboys to break tendency. So give the coaches credit for that. Give Dak credit for it. Yeah, three different guys ran at the – because they were bringing the receiver in motion, and it was C.D. Lamb, and three different chargers ran towards C.D. Lamb, and nobody picked up Dak Prescott, and he took it to the house. Yeah, house call. He almost fumbled that, actually, too. Just a heads up. He almost fumbled? Yeah. Going beginning? across the goal line? No. no, when no, he, no. The handoff. The read. Yeah, the read. He almost oh. fumbled it right here. Watch this. Ooh. He oh, gathers I, it back. Oh, it was like a yo-yo. <laughs> he gathers it back I didn't notice hand, that in real but, time. Uh, it could have been ugly, but hey, there you go. I just need my – it ain't always got to be pretty. The execution's not always flawless. I need the quarterback to go out there and make a damn play. He did right there. Just go make a damn play, man. Don't be – be coachable. Don't be a robot. Go make a play. Did you uh, like the all-white unis, Ty? Sweet. Yeah, those are swag. Those are pretty good, right? The helmets. The helmets. I thought that was pretty sharp. 
I will give the Cowboys that. And uh, but it was an ugly game and an ugly weekend of NFL football. I think mean, that, that I don't know how else to describe the weekend. It was it was ugly. There was some ugly football played. But is that your defensive guy, Rod? Was it a good defense or it's a bad offense? What are we getting here? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both. There is definitely some uh, some really good Outside defense. Outside of the Dolphins. We're leaving the Dolphins out of this because they scored 42. Yeah, there's some really good defense being played though in the NFL. But right now, I think the, the, the mix of no preseason, well, less preseason games with less contact in practice because of the new CBA rules, I just think it's going to take teams by midseason. To get into form offensively, because I uh, think about off defense is always ahead of offense because defense is mostly it's just reactionary and you're just trying to cause chaos on defense. You're trying to just create as much chaos as possible. Offense is built on precision, built on execution, is built on timing. All right, all of these different things where everybody's footwork has got to be aligned. Uh, there's got to be synchronicity between the drop of the quarterback and the route combination of the wide receivers. The offensive line they don't even punch their uh, they don't punch a certain hand until they get to a certain depth in their footwork. These are all things that got to be worked out. Defense, not that detailed. It's, it's detailed about the technique and fundamentals, but mostly you're just trying to cause chaos at an individual level and at every level of defense. Offenses, everything is supposed to be working in synchronicity. All aspects of the offense. And the Cowboys don't. That's why Kurt Warner brought that video a couple weeks ago saying, this offense doesn't make a lot of sense. right? The wide receivers, their, their, their route patterns don't align with the footwork of the quarterbacks and all that kind of stuff. So that's why it takes offense much longer to get their groove. Defenses, hey man, I'm just trying to create chaos. I'm just going to go there and, and knock somebody's you know, block off. That's easier to do than to go out there and execute timing, precision, and all the accuracy and all this kind of stuff. Cowboys into their bye week now at 4-2. and two. One game back of the Eagles. As we said, the Eagles will have the, the primetime matchup this week with the Miami Dolphins. That'll be a hell of a game on Sunday night. Also, Rod, the other big storyline in the NFL, the mounting quarterback injuries. Quarterback injuries continue mm-hmm. to mount. Uh, we know Aaron Rodgers is out with the for the Jets. How about this? Ryan Tannehill's now hurt, which you know, he's not playing great with the Titans. Yep. Anthony Richardson, now according to their owner, Jim Irsay, may be done for the season with that shoulder injury that he suffered. Uh, their rookie quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, is now dealing with an injury in Jacksonville. He's listed as day-to-day and may be questionable for their game with the Saints this week. Jimmy Garoppolo is hurt in with Vegas. Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr, Josh Allen dealing with an injury in Buffalo. Uh, he's got uh, a shoulder problem that he, he suffered against that hard-hitting Jets defense. Excuse me. Uh, Giants defense on uh, on Sunday night. So keep an eye on all those this week. Uh, Baker Mayfield is dealing with an injury now with Tampa Bay. He's got a hand injury that has his him listed as questionable. And as you say, Rod, you got to have your backup quarterback on point because uh, he's going to be needed. But they just they mount. They do. I, I would never. I really Daniel I'll, Jones is hurt. Yeah, I, I'll never criticize a team for stockpiling quarterbacks, even when they overpay for the backups. Because I always say your backup quarterback is the insurance policy, all right, for your starting quarterback, which is the most valuable position in football. Everything in our life that's valuable, house, car, health, we have insurance on because it's really valuable, right? Uh, same thing with quarterback. You need insurance on quarterback. That's your backup quarterback. So if you have a a, a, a subpar or you know a weak backup quarterback situation, I think it'll come back to hunt you. Last season, you had 21 teams relied on multiple starting quarterbacks. You had 68 different starting quarterbacks in 2022. That set an NFL record other than the replacement player year when they had the strike year. Uh, they had 87 then, but that was a different situation. So you had 21 teams last season that had multiple starters at quarterback. 13, a third of the league, more than a third of the league, had to play three 
different yeah. starting quarterbacks. A third-string quarterback, you got to get that backup quarterback situation right. That's why when the, when the Cowboys went out and got Trey Lance, people criticized it. I would never criticize that because you never know when you'll end up with your backup or third-string quarterback trying to save your season. By the way, one other quarterback note as we uh, wrap up week six in the NFL, Cowboys into their bye week. How about this? That uh, we talked about, you know, would the Vikings trade Kirk Cousins? Because the Vikings play the 49ers this week, Rod. Ooh. 49ers, and uh, they're already sitting at two and four, the Vikings. But there was a report over the weekend that Kirk, that Kirk Cousins would likely not waive his no trade clause, wouldn't do it. Uh, which seems odd to me. Like, you know, did they want to trade you? And why'd you give Kirk Cousins a no trade clause would be a question I have. But at the same time, I think it was Adam Schefter that reported that he didn't, it's not believed that Kirk Cousins, if the Jets and the Vikings wanted to make a move, because the Jets are now to three and three after that big win against the Eagles. Um, you know, would they try to move to get Kirk Cousins in the final year of his deal? But it, at least according to Schefter, he would be unwilling to to waive that. No, is trade that clause. just for the Jets or for any team that wants to trade for him? I think it was know? for anybody. He wants to play out play out this season he wants with his, his family. Guys. Okay, you know what? Yeah. Good for him. He, I mean, he. That was part of that guaranteed, that fully yep. guaranteed deal he has signed with him too, right? That's right. He had a lot of leverage in that deal. So maybe that story dies down if we, if, uh, if if who Kirk else? Cousins is unwilling to play ball. Who else would the Jets? Look to go get. Who else could you see the Jets trading for? Because I'm with you. The Jets can make a move. They could. I mean, right now they get a quarterback. They're not saying they're a quarterback away. They're a quarterback away from making the playoffs potentially. They and and he doesn't have to be great. No, he's got to have to be great. Manage the he game. Just has to be not Zach Wilson. <laughs> Even Zach Wilson's winning games with him now. That's how good the defense is. All right, we'll take your thoughts on that. Uh, if there is a team for the Jets, you know, Aaron Rodgers is planning on coming back. He says he'll be back at some point this year, but they got to get some wins in between that. But um, we'll see. Coming back, we'll go behind the burn orange curtain here more from Sark from his Monday availability coming out of the Longhorn bye week. Looking forward to the Houston Cougars and um, the second half of the season. Before the end of the hour, we'll go off the record. It's a busy Tuesday on Hook Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. Yeah, kind of depressing this morning, Rod. I needed uh, one more point from Tony Pollard to win my fantasy game. Mm. One more. Mm. Yeah, Pollard's let you down this year. Pollard's been a bust. (laughs) For a first-round draft pick? Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. I probably wouldn't have. I probably would have advised you against that. I would advise you against drafting him. You've got to get running backs, and I had like the 12th pick, so I took him with the 12th pick of the first round. All the yeah. other good backs were gone. No, that is – I want to say that's around. You know what I took? I, in that draft, because I'm in two leagues, and in that one I took he and then Austin Eckler, like 12 and 13. I thought, man, i got a good backfield. Well, Eckler oh, been hurt. Man. Had a good week one. And also last night he got jaw-jacked in that pregame fight. You see his helmet pop back? He got hit hard. Wow! Yeah, I saw who, that. Who was that that hit him? Yeah, uh, Ty. Did you see who who hit that? Jacked up. Uh, it was Dante Fowler. That was a real hit. Like mm. he, like he hit him, yeah. and then he didn't do anything. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> no, I Tony Pollard. I still think you know coming off the injury. I thought he was he's your franchise player. 
Well, and the, that offense, the offensive line for the Cowboys isn't necessarily moving defenders around either. I don't see that offensive line that's dominant. They won the game last be. night. Dak played well, but they really didn't do anything to inspire confidence that they are. Look, I mean, the best thing that happened to the Cowboys this week is they found a win, and the Eagles and the Niners both lost. Uh, and Agreed. Now they have a week off. And um, you know, if you're if you're a Cowboys fan, you're not sitting back watching that Dolphins game. You know the the two primetime games, the or the the Sunday night and the Monday night this week, mm-hmm. are games Cowboys fans will be watching because it's the Niners and the Vikings on Monday night football. Cowboy fans will be rooting for the Minnesota Vikings in that game. I don't know if they can win that. Uh, I don't but know if they can. We don't know about Shan- We don't know about Debo, Debo and McCaffrey. That's big. With injuries, you'll have an extra day to get healthy because it's Monday night. The Sunday night game is Eagles Dolphins, where you're going to be rooting for the Dolphins, without a doubt. To, um, uh, yeah, that Eagles secondary has actually been—it's—it's eh, it's been struggling so far this year. I mean, they, they still—I still got the pass rush. Their and pass rush is great. It's still awesome, but the secondary has not been holding up as well. That is not a game, uh, a matchup where you want to be struggling in the secondary when you face the Miami Dolphins. No. That is the most prolific passing attack in the NFL. Tyreek Hill's on pace for over 2,000 receiving yards. Tyreek Hill is on pace for breaking the all-time single-season receiving record by Calvin Johnson of 19, I think it's like 1,924. uh, Yeah, it's 1,964, excuse me, 1,964 uh, yards receiving. He's on pace for easily, even his 16-game season, he'd be on pace for over 2,100 yards. Yeah. With 17 games, he's damn near at 2,300. This is crazy. It is crazy. They that would stress be crazy. You. That offense is, as what? we talked about, one of the elite offenses. Or it's on pace to be one of the elite offenses all time. Yes, it is. With Tua wow. uh, at the helm. And, you know, if you're looking at the other primetime game, the Thursday night game is one of those the league is not real happy with because it's Jacksonville and New Orleans, and both starting quarterbacks are hurt right now. There's Derek Carr and Trevor Lawrence are listed as questionable. Yeah. Uh, that could be a really ugly game at the uh, Caesars Superdome in New Orleans because the Saints, Houston beat them 20-13, to 13 and even with Derek Carr in the game, they couldn't more score more than 13 points. Jacksonville's coming off one of their best little stretches here. They went to London, kind of got healthy, won both games in London, came home and beat the Colts last week, uh, 37 to whatever, 37-20. the Bills over in London? Who they beat? Is the Bills? Uh, they, they played two games in London. Okay, they, Bills is one of them, right? Yeah, did they, they beat the Bills. Uh, did they beat? Um, yes, yes. They beat the Bills and they yeah. beat Atlanta. That in was London. a that was a good win. Remember, they were that one Bills and two. Wins. That's a quality win. Jacksonville right was out the gate one and two. They lost to the Texans. Remember, two Houston went in there and beat them thirty seven seventeen. Yeah. Then they went to London and they stayed there for two weeks and they beat the the Falcons and the Bills. Then they came home and beat up on Indianapolis last week, thirty-seven to twenty. So they're playing some pretty good football. Saints, uh, not sure about Derek Carr, but that would be Jameis Winston. At least they've got what you would see as a quality backup exactly. in that spot. There you go. It's, it's, it's watchable, at least yeah. <laughs> in that spot. But um, we'll keep an eye on that. By the way, Houston also has their bye this week. So Houston and Dallas. No Interesting. Fo- no football. That's weird. No football. Yeah, and just came off a, year, a week with the Longhorns having their bye week. Yeah, very strange. Yeah, when yeah. on Texas. Sorry, Texas and Oklahoma had a bye week at the same time, which is also rare after the Texas OU game. Well, and when Houston comes out of their bye next week, they'll be at Carolina in the Bryce Young versus C.J. Stroud game. Uh-huh. Hey, yeah. <laughs> C.J. Stroud right now is winning the uh, the debate about he who's, sure is. who's the better quarterback in that draft. Did you see, early on. you see Stroud against the Saints through his second interception of his career, and the, the Texans got it right back because the guy who picked it off was bringing it back, and they stripped it and recovered it. They were right back to first down. Yeah. So almost like it didn't happen, but it did happen. <laughs> it did happen. <laughs> it did happen. But almost like it didn't happen. Almost like it didn't. <laughs> Can we uh, go behind the burn orange curtain? It's time to talk some Texas football coming off their bye week. Looking forward to the U of H Cougars. And they were all asking themselves the same questions. 
What is behind that curtain? All right. Um, Sark spoke to the media yesterday, talked about a lot of different things. And uh, one of the big topics of conversation, at least all week long, um, I think we've beat the hell out of this dead horse, has been uh, Texas struggles in the red zone. Uh, Sark even talked about it. He was asked about, you know, what self-scouting um, they did in the bye week and what they look at where the team excelled and where the team uh, was less effective. And, of course, he brought up red zone scoring. And uh, he was asked in particular what he found, right? What deep dive analysis uh, did he find about the red zone and why Texas is underachieving in the red zone? Here is Steve Sarkeesian. You know, there's no, you know, secret sauce to this deal. You know, I mean, I, I think that our players um, buy in and trust and believe in what we do. And clearly it shows when we can create explosive plays and move the ball and execute. Um, and in the end, you know, I, I think ultimately you, you kind of do a, an audit on yourself there halfway through the season at the different aspects of the game. Um, and, and we just need to make sure that from a game planning perspective and what we're asking of our players in game and then ultimately what I'm calling, uh, that everybody has the utmost confidence in those things to, to go do that, which I don't doubt that everybody does, but ultimately it comes down to the execution of it all. So I think it's three levels to it. You know, what, are, what are we putting in each week and what are we game planning? What are we practicing in practice? Two, then what are we calling and are we giving our players the looks in practice for the potential looks that they could get in game? And then three, the execution of those plays in the moment. So um, it's, it's no different than, than any other aspect of the game. And sometimes we can make a little more out of that than it is. It's just about trusting who we are and then going out and executing it and doing it at a high level. Yeah, I think that, that that's key, the last part there where he talks about trusting who you are. Because um, I think a lot of the, the mentality that you have to have in the red zone is you go back to your identity and what you do well and what you, what you champion uh, and pride yourself on as an offense. And I think Sark wants to be physical. That's why you saw that statement in the uh, Texas OU game where they just want to go bully ball and use their big humans to push <clears throat> to push uh, opponents around and to move other human beings against their will, as Tom Herman used to say. Um, and that didn't work out. So I think they're struggling about what their identity is, specifically in the red zone. Right now, they're still 123rd nationally in touchdown percentage in the red zone. And it could be, it's, I think it's a multifactorial. It's not just one thing, by the way. And Sark mentions that game planning, execution, by the players. I think personnel could also be something that Sark uh, explores in terms of improving their overall red zone efficacy. Here is Sark talking about uh, Savion Red. He was asked about Savion Red and the Red Cat. Uh, but he also later on in this clip hints that Savion Red may have found a niche as a short yardage weapon. And in the red zone, you definitely need one of those. So Savion um, has really grown into this. You know, it's, it's always a little difficult. When you, when you change positions, right? He's kind of a high school quarterback, wildcat quarterback. We got him. His freshman year he plays wide out. Then we transition him to running back. And there's a lot of nuances to playing running back. You know, I think it's, it's easy just to think get the ball and run. Um, but, but understanding blocking schemes, understanding fronts, understanding protections, uh, and all that goes into it. And that's a, that's a really good room. There's a lot of talented people in there. But to find a niche for him in some of the short yardage running that, that he was able to do, I, I thought was very effective. Um, and again, you know, hopefully there's more opportunities for him that present themselves in the second half of the season. Hopefully. 
Oh, Sark's in control of that. I'll give props to my man Jerry Hamilton because even before the season started, I was talking with him over on Owen Texas Football. Shout out to Owen Texas Football and the crew. Um, and he said he would have liked, this is before the Red Cat, he said he would have liked to see Savion Red run some, some uh, goal line, short yardage, red zone packages as a running back because he has a knack for, for short yardage, finding slip slivers of daylight in short yardage. And he has a, 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 a great transition from speed to power. Um, and there are some backs, even though they may not look like it, they're better power backs than even guys who are bigger than them, like a Jonathan Brooks. Jonathan Brooks is not a power back. He's a great running back. Uh, but in short yardage and in some of those power situations, he doesn't excel when Savion Red might, which is why he's running the Wildcat like Rojo ran the Wildcat. So maybe not necessarily the, the Red Cat, all right, but maybe him as a short yardage traditional running back may be a change to help them in the or juice the red zone offense too, E. Yeah, I like that. I do. Whatever you need to do. And look, Quinn Ewers has shown the ability to uh, to be you know, a runner, too, at times. But kind of like Dak Prescott, it's going to be infrequent. You don't undertake it taking those hits. But whatever you have to do. Because, uh, again, this is the 114th ranked defense at Houston. BYU is the next opponent. I mean, the rest of these games on the schedule... You know, if you can score in the red zone and, and you know play good defense, you're going to have a real chance to, to to win these games. And that's you know, but you get you can't settle for field goals. That's how these teams that are heavily under heavy underdogs are going to stay in the game by forcing you to kick field goals and not get touchdowns. Right? I mean, that's really going to be their game plan uh, across the board. They know they can't match up you know player to player, but you know, force some field goals, take advantage of your miscues in the red zone, and all of a sudden they're in the ball game. And we've seen that as a recipe all year against the Longhorns and. It's worked one time <laughs> with I Oklahoma. It. I yeah. would, yeah. Bend but don't break. I think that's the way to go. Try to bow your back in the in the red zone there. Uh, okay, one last cut, and it's, it's actually red zone. Well, for me, it's red zone related. One of my suggestions for Sark was, in addition to all this analytical deep dive, to to really select and really try to isolate what concepts work best in the red zone and which ones were less effective in the red zone. I I also said I would look at analytically every good red zone offense around the country and at the NFL level too and just go steal plays. I've been saying that too. I just go just go steal all of their really cool concepts and creative concepts. Go steal them. You know, my man Shannon was really famous for, hey, I stole that concept and he'll give the coach props for it. But he's like, no, I'm stealing everything I can. I'm watching a lot of football and stealing concepts. Sean Payton's famous for it. He had a R and D uh, department, a research and development department that literally rip off and duplicate like CDC says, which is steal plays from future opponents. Um, here is Sark when he was asked about, does he steal plays? I do not pretend to have invented football, okay? Uh, I think, you know, first of all, I'll answer that part first. I watch football, like I said, as a fan first. I, I think it's, we have a beautiful game. It's a great sport, especially college football, the, 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 the pageantry of the game, the excitement of the game, and to watch the, the Washington-Oregon game, to watch the you know, Notre Dame-SC game, and to see that the excitement in those stadiums, I mean, that, that's what it's all about. Uh, but two, I, I, I watch it from a lens of a coach of just trying to get ideas. You know, it may, it may not be the exact play, but it could spurn an idea. And like I said, I don't pretend to walk in here like, you know, everything comes to me with, a, with this cloud in my head in the morning. It's, a lot of times it's watching somebody else do something like, oh, we could do that, but it would fit us better if we did it out of this personnel or this formation. So um, I do watch the games like that, but it was great watching football this weekend. We, we've got a great sport. I think college football right now is as popular as it's been in a long, long time. You can feel it in the fans. You can feel it in the excitement. 
Um, I think this is going to be a great half to the second half of the season of college football. Um, I think there's more parity now than there's been in a long, long time. And so uh, a lot of people are probably looking at the second half of the season thinking we've got an opportunity to do something special. We're no different. Um, but, but everybody's got to go handle their business accordingly, you know, one week at a time. All right, so there you go. I, I, he steals plays. I hope he's stealing a lot of red zone plays. Just go steal everybody. Andy well, Reid's got a bunch of them. Mike McDaniel's got some really cool ones. Just go steal people's red zone plays and try them out. Yeah. They, they, you can't get worse than 123rd in touchdown position red zone. Well, and if you do improve <laughs> that in the second half, you have every opportunity to make a run here. Yep. And as he said, the parody is there. Now Georgia's best player, Brock Bowers, is hurt and might mm-hmm. not come back this year. We know ahead of you, you're going to have you know, Ohio State and Penn State. One of those teams is going to take a loss this weekend. Michigan and play Ohio State will play. Michigan and Penn State will play. Florida State's going to play North Carolina in the ACC chain. I mean, you just know it's all going to work itself out. If you just keep winning, yep. you're sitting number eight right now. You can work your way back up to that top four. But it's all about taking care of your business, and scoring in the red zone is the first and foremost thing. And I, I, also, I watched the whole press conference yesterday, and he also mentioned one of the things they worked on this week was tackling, Rod. That going back and watching the Oklahoma film, he was really disappointed in their open field tackling mm-hmm. because it was not good uh, in that game. Tackling, red zone. Uh, two really critical issues for Texas and pass lanes, Rod. Not getting out of your rush lanes and allowing the quarterback runs, which we know Donovan Smith can do. Hey, we come back. It will be uh, a little off the record. Some stories you maybe have missed, but you need to know on this Tuesday morning uh, where the Rangers are up 2-0 on the Astros. The uh, Cowboys bounce back win, but coming back, it's off the record on Hook'em Up. D.D. Mega doo-doo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a break, they ain't cold. Well, congratulations, continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! And thing sucks! Oh, man, Off the Record... Never sucks. And the weather today is phenomenal. That's a good thing. Rod was out running in the 45 degrees. Did you get any, did you see your breath at all when you were jogging this morning no, before it the was, show? It wasn't that chilly, but I definitely got to start wearing layers now. I can't go out in the my, my summer and spring like running gear. I need layers. I need two. I need a hoodie on, and I need a layer on underneath. It's that kind of weather now, which is good. I like that. Can I, I give you the, the uh, off-the-record good side, bad side of food delivery? Yes, sir. Bad side. A Grubhub driver in California caught on a restaurant's camera eating a customer's food in the parking lot. Mm, so mm, he was getting mm. a bite wow. before he goes and delivers it from Mexicana's Hibachi Grill. CEO saw it on uh, on camera in the security and went out there and, because, uh, you know, they saw him come pick it up and for mm-hmm. Grubhub, saw the dude eating it. Went out there and remade the order and then personally delivered it to the customer. He oh, was, man. Grubhub driver got bumped off the platform. <laughs> you ever worry about that, tie when you're ordering food? That they're going to be you know, sticking stuff in it? or I, I don't know, man. I wouldn't it's better trust just not to think about it. I, you're probably right about that because I, well, I don't want to trust people. I mean, same thing. Go to a restaurant. you got to trust them. Make I guess you're there. right. Mm. They're not going to be sitting there one sticking their step. hands and eating your french fries. Well, um, usually they have like... They, the at the restaurant they'll close the bag and make it to where like if somebody were to open the bag it would be pretty obvious that someone is- not every place does it like that not though. every place they should they should do that but they don't I've heard can 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 you can I get them some fries for the car like if I if I get a if I get an order can I order a snack for the Grubhub driver so they won't eat my food 
I guess you could put it forward. In the notes. Can I always like, do hey, you know I mean? Get, yo, there's some fries for It's you hard to smell good food in the car. We all done is like, oh man, I'm hungry as hell. Yeah, but you're working. But it's still hard. You're still human. Okay, yeah, now, I've, been a, I've been a waiter before. I'm not just like picking up my people's food, but I'm like, oh, like, let me get a little I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm not supporting it. I'm just trying to keep them, keep their hands out of my bag. See, like when you're a waiter, right? you just eat the scraps. I'm just trying to incentivize oh. them not to eat my damn food. All right, I will, I will buy you a small fry. Just don't dip you your hands into my bag. You shouldn't. But you, you should have to, you should have to do a lot of things these days. Ty. You giving them money, well, a tip should be enough. That be part of the for tip, them to though. do their job. That's part of my respectfully. Tip. How about yeah. this fellow, a New Hampshire police officer? Now this is the good side. New Hampshire police officer pulled off a DoorDash delivery guy after pulling the driver over for speeding. Turns out they had to go book him because he had a warrant. The police officer delivered the food. Hey, Amen. Good for you, Officer Chris. There you go. Be a Tulare. Here to protect and serve. Right. And serve. They busted his driver and they just, he delivered the food. And serve. See, Boom. that's good. That's like good. That. And he didn't, he didn't stick his hands in it. I like that. There that's you go. awesome. What do you have, Ron? Um, okay. You guys remember the Drake curse? Drake. Drake is the hip hop artist. artist. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Drake. What do you bet on the Astros? Hey, no, he's he moving po- to Houston. No, dude, on Wednesday, he posted a picture with a Georgia sweatshirt on. Georgia Bulldogs? Yeah. And then now Brock Bowers is out for the season. Drake curse reestablished. Boom. Remember? So if he wears the jersey, it's going to be a problem. Oh, huh? If he wears the jersey or is around your team, usually there's a regression of some sort within that it's time like the frame. curse for, of the past. It's pretty cool. And you remember, he's the one that started, he wore a Shohei jersey out of nowhere. Hurt. And then Shohei got hurt like, like the next, like that, like that week. He was on campus here, what, like a few weeks ago? Oh, yeah, for the week. He was hanging out with the women's basketball team, I think. Well, they didn't. They, Better look no out, season. Shea Holly. <laughs> Shea Holly. Yes, seriously. Hey, that's watch a, your back. Yeah, watch your back. <sighs> How about this one? Uh, this you. This is this is a true thing. Chuck Uh-oh. Norris. I love Chuck Norris. He and Vanilla Ice are going to battle the undead in a movie called Zombie Plane. Okay. Zombie Plane, according to Entertainment Weekly. Zombie Plane. Yes. Uh, Chuck Norris will play himself, fight zombies on a plane. Was he like 90 years old now? <laughs> Chuck Norris. Yeah, why Chuck Norris and Vanilla Ice? Why this combo of all combos? They're giving some weird, wacky combos. Why this combo is the only combo they could get? In the movie, the government has trained celebrities to be undercover agents, which explains Vanilla Ice being able to kick uh, zombie butt. No doubt about Chuck. Chuck Norris mm. beating zombies on a plane. I mean, can you get... What's scarier, zombies on a plane or snakes on a plane? Snakes. snakes. Snakes are real. Chuck Norris is 83 years old. I can't believe getting washed up rappers and washed up uh, washed up action stars in a movie. You could have went so many other ways. Right? There are so Sounds many other ways. Sounds like a low-budget film. Could, you could have went Steven Seagal. You could have went Jean-Claude Van Damme. You could have went a lot of other ways. How many washed up rappers could you have got to play that role? A ton? Lots of them. I'm but assuming they came Ice cheap. is the one you chose? I'm assuming they came cheap. I guess so. <laughs> Come on, man. Working for food. Working for Grubhub. Zombie Plane will also star Australian ass- actress Sophie Monk. I have no idea who that is. Me either. Low <laughs> I'm, budget. I'm just low Sounds budget. like cinematic brilliance to me. <laughs> hey, we'll be back. We'll wrap up week six in the NFL. That includes that Cowboys win when all their rivals and most of the rivals in the NFC lost. We'll also get back to the uh, Astros. Is it over? Rangers up two games to none. Rod is about to wave the white flag. I'm not giving in. Ghost Rose. Go Strohs, but props to the Rangers. We'll continue that. Two more hours of Hook'em Up on a Tuesday on 1019 AM 1260. Stream it. Hornapp. Hornfm.com.